in the name of God of love, and of Christ who incarnated love and the Spirit. Before we dive into this beautiful prayer of Jesus that we hear from today's gospel, I just want to tell you how good it is to be back here with you. While I've been away, you have been in my prayers. Prayer being that connective energy that God gives us and Jesus models for us, which is why today's gospel, Jesus' prayer for us, is so poignant. It turns out that the universal connected energy of God's love has been the main focus of my sabbatical three months. So, a little bit about my After 14 years of longing to go, I finally went to Iona, the Scottish island where I know a number of you have traveled as well. It is a holy place, full of sheep and ocean and natural beauty and old and sacred places. The halfway through, my family and I hiked up Dunhee, the highest point on the island. The top offers a 360-degree view that will take your breath away. While Greg and our kids explored, I wandered off on my own and lay down at the edge of the cliff to look out over the pasture And then I rested my head Something you can do in a land that has no Eyes closed. I heard the pulse of my own heart, which all at once was the heart of God that I had gone looking for, and the pulse of all creation. I felt the oneness that Jesus prayed for, that we may be one. My heart beating in God's heart, in Christ's heart, in the heart of the two billion year old mountain beneath me, in the hearts of my children, in the heart of this community, which was 2,953 miles away and one heartbeat away, as I breathed in the reality of how very much God loves us, all of us. Love us since the beginning of the foundation of the world and the echo of our deepest longings. In response to Jesus' tender prayer today, God loves us. So I'm not sure if we can hear the fullness of that prayer without putting it into a little bit of context. In chapters 13 through 17 of the Gospel of John, Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room. They're washing feet, sharing the last supper, saying goodbye, and praying. The last chapter in this section of John is Jesus' final prayer with his disciples before he was arrested later that night. It's a three-part prayer, which we read over the course of three years, always on this Sunday between Ascension and Pentecost. And this year, year C, we read the end of the prayer, which profoundly is about us. Take a minute to let that sink in. Today is the day, once every three years, when we read the prayer that Jesus spoke to God about us at the Last Supper. It's a wrinkle in time. We go from watching the scene on 
Because his disciples fulfilled their relationship with him by telling his story, we who are here because the people they told told others, and they wrote it down. Dominoes tumbling through time in unexpected paths, connecting Jesus to us along the same lines of love that gave him the foresight to pray for us before he died. And what was that prayer? You will note it was not a prayer that would be proper or righteous. He did not ask God to make sure that we are rule followers or Bible scholars or preservers of institutions. He didn't even ask for our poverty or chastity or obedience or a health census stewardship. He simply asked God to love us as God loves him. As we eavesdrop for 2,000 years away, he asks us for permission to dwell in us, to be the love in us, to expand love through us. It requires very little and very much of us, doesn't it? To be vulnerable, to be open, to be vessels of love, to admit to ourselves how very beloved. Our belovedness might be the most solid and yet elusive truth we have. It's a slippery truth. It slips our mind that we are so loved. All of us, you, your favorite person, your least favorite person. I told a friend that I thought belovedness was solid, a good thing, and slippery, a bad thing. But turned it like a prism for me and turned slippery as good, as flow, as love, slipping from God to us, from person to person, flowing and coming in and around us all, as flowing as the ocean, still as solid as the mountain. Each of us who have been made by God as every single one of us, each of us by our very nature contains the solid and flowing spirit of God. And as such, our birthright is belovedness. A belovedness that connects us all. That's what I felt on this hilltop in Iona. When the heart of God caught me off guard. The oneness of our universal belovedness. But I don't believe that I had to travel to Iona to find that. It is an energy that I have felt right here. I have felt it on Mystic Lake, near my home, where of all people circled my kayak a few weeks ago. I have felt it at Baldwin Pond, at Sleepy Hollow, and in conversations with people who are in this room. It is an energy I have heard some of you speak of in your own ways. So this isn't about trekking across the globe to an officially holy place to find the pulse of God's love for us, but rather, how do we perceive God's energy all around us? How do we make more space for it, externally and internally? How do we prioritize whatever it is that helps each of us tap that current of love? Jesus prayed. That God loves us as God loves him. That we be in him and he in us. 
And that the love with which God loved us from before the foundation of the world unite us all. We simply have to choose to lean into that prayer. And then step into that prayer. And then live into that prayer. A choice we have before us every day. 